Welcome to the official podcast for the Society of Urodynamics, Female Pelvic Medicine, and Urogenital Reconstruction. Here you will find podcasts highlighting clinically relevant topics, ongoing SUFU initiatives, SUFU member highlights, and much, much more. Welcome back to another episode of the SUFU podcast where we're featuring our FPMRS fellowship features. And today we are here with Dr. Alvaro Lucioni, the program director for the FPMRS fellowship at Virginia Mason. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks, Rina, for putting this together. Yeah, of course. So tell, tell us about your fellowship. So um, our fellowship like, is an SAGME accredited fellowship. So it's a two-year two fellowship. Um, we do one year of research and one year of clinical. Um, we did a little different than, than, uh, than some of the other fellowships. So we start, uh, our fellows start with four months of clinical, then they do, we just switched it to 11 months of research, and then they do eight months uh, clinical, and then they leave, we left the last month uh, for research. And, you know, most of our fellows told us, we just did this change out of feedback from our fellows telling us that they wanted to have the last month to catch up on projects and get everything straight away before, before they graduate. Um, so, um, so that's how, how the structure is. Uh, in, in, in general, as far as the clinical aspect, it, we get all kinds of, uh, we get bread and butter uh, FPMRS cases all the way to more complex tertiary, quaternary level um, cases, um, like we get referrals from outside. And part of this is because of the system where we work, where we have a, you know, our own primary care providers referred to us, uh, so we get all the bread and butter stuff as well. Um, with um, the fellows work mostly um, with Kathleen Kobashi, uh, Fred Govier, uh, Una, Una Lee, and myself, uh, but we also have them rotate through an outside hospital um, where they get their urogynecology experience. Um, and, uh, and that's been very, very positive. We just started doing that on a year and a half ago, and so far our feedback has been very, very positive. Um, when they work with the urogynecologist there. Great. And do they go for a month, or is it every so often? How does that work? Good. So, so actually, at the beginning, we used to have a little bit of a, more of a strict, not strict, but a more of a set um, schedule where they would work, would work X, X amount of days with one of us and then another person. And, and then out of, this is maybe six years ago, out of feedback from the fellows, we changed the, the we changed the, um, uh, the structure of the fellowship, where it will be much more fluid, um, sort of very similar to a chief year, uh, mm-hmm. where you uh, know this. So the clinical fellow essentially looks at the week ahead and decides what he or she wants to do. So uh, they will choose the cases they want to do, um, and then this, the research fellow will come out out of research to cover some of the cases because many times we are running three rooms. Um, the same day, so um, to be able to get that experience, and that's like another. It used to be you were in research, you stay in research, um, but now the fellows were missing some um, cool cases, so they wanted to come out. So that's that's why we structure it that way. That's great. It sounds. So, oh, sorry. No. So so for the urogyne part, it's, it's just so, so so it depends. No. So they for the urogyne colleagues, they work with them once uh, once a week essentially. They go and work with her, um, um, uh, and as you see, it's, it's two days. It's, Two days a month, two or three days a month of OR, and one or two days of, of clinic. Okay, that's great. It sounds like you guys are very adaptable to what the fellows want, so that's really nice. Uh, tell me about the clinical experience or the outpatient experience for the fellows. Um, so, as far as the, the, the clinical experience, of course, they, the, uh, we've mentioned earlier about OR time, so they, they spend um, uh, a fair amount of time in the OR and do, doing cases. 
But um, we also, as we know, a critical aspect is knowing when to operate and how to operate and making that decision. There's a lot of medical aspects to FDMRS. So, so the fellows do, do have experience with clinic. Um, usually what happens is the Thursday, the week before on Thursday, the, uh, the clinical fellow will send the schedule to all of us and I'll, I'll take a look at it and make sure they have a good balance between OR and clinic. So they do work with all of us in clinic. Um, um, and um, essentially what, what happens in clinic is they work one-on-one with any, any of the faculty and they see in the patients, they, they write the notes, they, we have the discussion and then, and then we go in and see the patients afterwards uh, with them to sort of make a plan together. Same with procedures in clinic. Um, um, they will get, no, the fellows get to do the bulking agents, Botox and everything, all those procedures. And for urodynamics, um, we've, we sort of are transitioning a little bit or we're trying to figure out how to best educate our fellows with, with that. Um, um, we left it sort of floating before where they will, when they were in our clinic. And our urodynamics are integrated with our clinics, so they're part of our clinic, and they're in the middle of our clinics. So what we used to do before is we used to have the fellow just focus on urodynamics when they were in one of the clinics, and I made sure they at least that did that a couple times a month to make sure they can, uh, they can, the goal is that when they graduate, they can go anywhere and start their own urodynamics and, and do their own urodynamics, and that's critical for, um, for the practice. So, um, and we realized that when we were doing that, we had, a, we had a little issue one time with one of our nurses who had to call in sick, and we asked one of our fellows to maybe if they can come and cover for it, and, and our fellow graciously, graciously did, but then he realized, hmm, I don't know as much of this as I hope I did. I hope I, I, no, I thought I did. So then we we've adjusted. We're adjusting actually our curriculum now to try to make sure that that they do that. So we're trying to make sure that when they when they give me the weekly schedule that uh, and there's three times a month they're dedicated to your dynamics and when they're there they're doing it. So to make sure and then once once they feel comfortable and, and uh, then they, they they don't need to do that anymore. But but I want to make sure that they, that they came up with a good knowledge of it. Yeah, that's super helpful. Uh, so you told me they do about 11 or 12 months of research throughout the two years. Uh, what what kind of support do they have for research, and do you have any specific requirements for the fellows? Um, so uh, as far as the research year or the research time, it's, it's so again, depends on what the fellows want to do. So, so we have basic science opportunities. Uh, Una um, Lee has uh, works together with the Benaroya Research Institute, which is right across from us. Uh, which is one of the premier centers for immunobiology as well as tissue engineering. Um, so UNA has some tissue engineering projects there. Um, and uh, so our fellows are, are welcome to work with her. And she, she collaborates with the lab, so the lab keeps on going. And then we can, you, the fellows can sort of jump into a project. Um, but we also have a, a strong um, clinical database. We have a, a essentially right now we're close to 4,000 patients in our database. So we so it's a it's a pretty robust clinical database that that Kathleen started 15 years ago, and um, um, so the fellows can do a lot of clinical projects through that database. Um, and then of course we encourage our fellows to start their own projects. And actually, that's something that we've noticed much more in the last three four years. Our fellows are coming up with their own uh, projects. Um, uh, that don't even use the clinical database, the, the, the clinical database that we have. They they, they create their own database and, and move forward uh, with them, which has been great. It's been, uh, it's, it's, I think, it's also been a great great opportunities for them, and also brings us as faculty to get into new ideas, new, new things. So we strongly encourage that for our fellows. As far as support, we have a robust research team, and and that's thank you to the support of the institution. We actually have um, we have research coordinators who are, you know. 
Debbie Sparks is a resource coordinator for FPMRS specifically, and she knows the IRB stuff in and out. She'll help you help you and the fellows through that. And then we have a um, um, database manager uh, who manages all the databases and helps with that. And we use REDCap for most of our databases. And then we have um, statistics, a statistician. Um, we, don't, we, we originally were thinking about having someone in-house, but I don't think there's enough volume for that. So we actually collaborate with, uh, we contract with the University of Washington. So we have a, um, a statistician who works with us with plenty of time to, to help with any other projects. And we also have a medical writer. So we have a person who comes in and sort of helps you through the, and the idea of the medical writer was first to help you with the writing, but then we realized that that person um, uh, can also be sort of the manager of a, of a research project, so it starts to you know. So the, the idea here is that throughout the whole process of a research project, coming with, with an idea, um, uh, all the way to sort of you know, creating the database or making sure that the idea, we have enough data in the database to, to support that idea or to, to move forward, and then you, you have a statistician that helps you through that work, and then you have um, uh, a medical, writer to, a medical writer to help you write the, the abstract and then the paper. So that every step on the project, you have support for that. That's so, really fantastic. Um, That's great. That's awesome. Um, so uh, are there any call requirements for the fellows? Yeah, so, so there's, there, there are call requirements for our fellows. Um, uh, we, five years ago, we started our own residency. So at, at Regina Mason, we've had for, for 40 plus years a relationship with University of Washington. So we had usually a senior resident come and rotate with us. And then we also developed a relationship with, uh, with Madigan. So we have Madigan residents that rotate with us. So usually in the service, for six months of a year, we'll have a Madigan resident. And the other six months, we'll have a University of Washington resident. And then, then we have our own residents that, that rotate with us, but also have all the rotations outside. So we usually have one or two residents in the um, in the camp in the main campus rotation. Um, and then, um, so we, the fellows in the past, in average, used to take had to take uh, one weekday a week and one weekend a month, um, uh, and they were first call in the past. And now, with the implementation of the residency, one of the things that is actually helping the fellowship is that they can. The residents cover the call, so the so the fellows are taking one call a month, still one 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 weekday a week, um, and that's usually most of the time second call um, or backup call. Um, occasionally, they may have a, a, a primary call on, on that weekday, and then on the uh, weekend, we try as much as possible. And in general, in the last couple of years, we've been able to do that where they have their just backup call, so uh, which actually make, make, helps significantly with the quality of life. Um, for for our fellows, so um, yeah, and uh, you know, uh, and it's actually the uh, the kind of part to that is no, we don't obviously call is has is, is burden, uh, but on the other hand, you also get as a fellow exposed to some of the general urology things. So you'll do stones, you know, this priapism. Um, one of the nice things is that we are three blocks away from the from a level one trauma center, so we don't get any trauma. Uh, so in general, most of the stuff that we get are just stones, priapism, hematuria, nothing sort of no, no crazy. As, uh, uh, so, so the call is not usually as as uh, as bad as it could be in other places. That's good. That's good. Uh, what what do you think that the biggest strength for your fellowship is? Um, so I think that's a very very good question. It's hard to pinpoint to one little thing, but um, I will say. Um, just a, I think the strength is a relationship between the faculty and the fellows. I think the fact that we uh, really strive to create a, nice, a, a strong mentorship uh, relationship, um, um, where it starts with mentorship when there are fellows with us, 
but then you know I mean, we're friends as uh, we're, we're friends but we're sort of, and our goal is to have a long-term uh, friendship and that's what we strive for and we uh, nothing nothing makes us more proud than just you know going to the annual meeting and meeting with the fellows and touching base and see how they're doing or um, or, or when I, you know, in the middle of the day, I get a phone call from one of our, you know, graduating fellows and ask me a question about something. You know, that's that's that makes us all proud. So that's great. Uh, is is uh, so your fellows? Where have they all gone into practice? So um, when I, when we look back at our fellows, I think probably around fifty percent of them go into prior practice. Fifty percent go into academics. Um, um, our goal in, in, uh, in, in the fellowship is to, uh, ideally, we all want to, we would love to all of them to go to academics because that's what we like, uh, but we understand that that's not, not going to happen. And we're, our goal actually is to make our fellows, regardless of the practice or regardless of where they go, I always tell them I want them to be um, leaders in the community. Um, and uh, and uh, so we want to give them the tools to be able to do that. So. That's great. And is there anything that's, actively changing or that you think will change in the future with the fellowship? Yeah, so there's a couple of things that, that uh, I always have a little to-do list in my, <laughs> in my fellowship thing. So one of the things is your dynamics. So your dynamics, we talked about how we're, how we're working the curriculum for that. Uh, so that is that is, is trying to make it much more robust. Um, um, uh, I'm actually doing a project. There's uh, something in Virginia Mason called Virginia Mason Production System where you actually um, do um, take people off of clinical work, and then they, you actually for a week, for two or three days or a week create a project, and, and you actually look at a system. You try to correct something that's wrong with the system. So, um, um, to make it short, I essentially one of my one of my projects for this year is going to be how to educate people, how, how to teach people your dynamics. So I'm creating a standard process for education of your dynamics. That's really cool. Uh, and that's hopefully be able to apply that to the fellows. So that's one of the projects. The other thing also, which I think is um, something that we we have not been strong in the past, but we're working on making strong, is the colorectal experience. And part of it is because we only had a colorectal surgeon, one colorectal surgeon before, who didn't do just only colorectal, so it wasn't very FPMRS specific. Uh, but now we have three. We just hired a new person. Uh, uh, so uh, and uh, so we actually just. And implementing uh, case conferences once a month with color, with a color, actually once every two months with colorectal, and then we're going to work into making a, um, a rotation for our fellows um, to get experience in colorectal. And that's because with with the two specific colorectal surgeons who do a lot of stuff that is very pertinent to to our fellowship. Um, and then the final thing, which uh, Wei, who's our fellow, our senior fellow this year, is going to do it for the first time. Una's been doing it a few, a few times, but I wanted one of the goals that we have for the last few years is I wanted to have our fellows have um, um, part of their well-rounded experience is to go and do uh, a trip, um, a volunteer trip. So actually, Wei is going to be going to um, uh, Uganda with uh, with Una. And, and get that experience, and they'll do work with fistulas and all those things. So, so that's something that sort of started because we we were we had a few fellowship, fellowship candidates who came and asked us, "Do you have those opportunities?" And we didn't. And but our faculty were doing it. So Una was doing it, and um, uh, our urogynecologist uh, actually goes. We have a couple of gynecologists who actually go. So we said we have the opportunity to do it. So then we're. We just started doing it. That's awesome. It's really great. Uh, so for people who haven't been to Seattle, can you tell them a little bit about what it's like there to live there? Uh, well, Seattle's a great city. I've, I've been in Chicago for 15 years now that we're in Chicago now. And then I moved to, to Seattle thinking I'm going to move back to Chicago and I'm here 10 years later still in Seattle. <laughs> so Seattle, I mean, it's an up-and-coming city. 
Um, of course, with all the technology, you know, we have it's a lot of young professionals. You know, with Amazon and Microsoft and Google is moving, is building some big offices in Seattle. Um, um, so it's a, it has all the great stuff as far as um, the bigger cities do, like all the culture stuff and you know, opera and, and ballet and you know, all the you know, theater and all those things. Um, and, uh, but it's just the location as far as where you are. You're surrounded by water. You're surrounded by beautiful um, outdoors. So there's a lot of outdoors things to do. Um, uh, I mean, I, I didn't grow up being an outdoors, per, outdoors person, but just living in Seattle, you have to. You have you sort of, it's part of, it's part of being there. So, so that's great. So our fellows have a great opportunities to do that. Plus, um, you know, you're, we're not far from Vancouver, BC. We're not far from Portland. Um, there's a lot of places that you can go and visit. Great. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. It's been uh, great catching up, and uh, I think this will be really helpful for people who are interested in Virginia Mason. I appreciate you doing this. Great. Thanks for listening to today's episode on the Sufu Podcast. Be sure to follow us on your favorite podcast streaming app. We're available on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and SoundCloud. Follow us on Twitter with our handle at SuFuOrg, where we'll provide real-time updates of our next podcast episode launch. And be sure to check us out on our website, www.sufuorg.com.